You're still ready? Yeah, I was ready when you asked me the first time. I don't think you're actually ready, but if you are ready, I guess we can start. But I want to debate if you're ready or not. Because today I'm ready, and I'm not interested in hearing you try and tell me any other option than I'm ready. But today's about how to debate. So we have to debate whether you're ready. This is this is going nowhere <laughs> fast. All right, so let's get into this. We're going to talk today about uh, debating without ostracizing, because in today's world, that doesn't happen anymore, I feel like. You're correct to feel that way. All right, let's get into it, shall we? So I used to love having debates with people and like sit around the dinner table and debate stuff. I remember a couple of years debating with my father. He was an amazing dude. Also a very conservative. Um, <laughs> those two things can be the same, by the way, great. And also sure, conservative. Yeah. That's okay. Um, but we used to debate whether it was possible to fake the moon landing. <laughs> the back to conspiracy <laughs> oh, so theories. Combination of two things. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, but I used to love doing that or debate other stuff, you know, um, politics or whatever. But in the last few years, probably the last, I don't know, five, six years, maybe, I feel like that's gone away. It has. Your feelings are correct. So I was thinking, how, how do we debate without making people feel ostracized? And, and in part, because I think I probably do it. I probably can come off as a real pretentious asshole. <laughs> When I'm debating sometimes I get that. <laughs> yes. When you're debating. Yes. Only when I'm debating. Thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I looked up on the Google, how to debate better or something to Dear that effect. Geez. Hey, it's me, Dan. Um, <laughs> can you talk to me about debating? XOXO Gossip Girl. <laughs> oh, it's all TV for you in it. So yeah. one day on TV, I saw this thing called radical candor. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I went, I went to Google and I looked it up and Kim Scott wrote a book called radical candor. And then she's got a blog called radical candor, shockingly. And there was this article called six steps to successfully debating, not killing ideas. I was like, huh, six steps. That seems easy. We're going to solve the world's problems yeah. today in six steps. Sound good. Sounds like a plan to me. Fantastic. Do you debate with your friends and family? Or do you guys all agree on everything? Um, mostly we agree on everything because why would I try and bring out like outside? If I'm already right, then why would I not want to surround myself with people that are right? Also, two words, two words. Echo chamber, 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 yeah. chamber. It's very comfortable in here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. Um. You know, I something I didn't think about until you started talking about the moon landing, and then I started thinking about other things. Was um, would you <laughs> would you call that debate, or would you call that like a conversation? Mostly, it was me trying to annoy my dad. However, okay, fair. I, fair. I mean, I guess. I mean, I so I guess it depends. I don't know. That's a good question. I never thought of I, that. You, you stumped me. Damn it! Way to go. I think that in, in my little mind, debate doesn't have to be formal, right? We can have a debate mm -hmm. over, you know, politics or policy or events or conspiracies, and we can have a, a debate and even have a, like a healthy spirited discussion and debate and get passionate about it without mm -hmm. making somebody feel stupid and tiny and ostracized. Yeah. 
that's what I'm talking about. Now, like an official debate, I mean, I don't know how to do that. So no. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. I think when people hear the word debate, they're kind of put back on their haunches a little bit and like, okay, so, okay, so we're doing this, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, whereas I think having a robust conversation about, let me hear, I, I, and I think by the way that we have lost um, the ability to do either. Mm -hmm. In a way that feels respectful, in a way that we remember, okay, so we're gonna do this, and then at the end of the day, we're gonna still be friends or family or um, coworkers or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like we have to remember that. That's a that's such a key aspect of it. Yeah. How do you? Do you want to be right or do you want to be friends? <laughs> you know what wow. I mean? Do you want to come away feeling like I bested them, <laughs> or, right. yeah? De depends on the friend. <laughs> sure. And, and I guess I think too, that that's a yeah. go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, well, I think that that's maybe a different. Thank you uh, for recognizing that. I think that's maybe a different conversation because then, um, if you can't see so, if you can't even walk away from it saying they're still a good person, there's good there, even though they are so blatantly wrong about X, Y, Z. Yeah. They couldn't even listen to me. They're obviously wrong, but there's good there still. If you can't do that, then like, are you guys friends or did you know each other once? That's the hardest thing because there are things, because on the same lines, what I was thinking is we can debate things, but also there are some things that we're not going to debate because guess what? You are wrong. A human's yeah. right to live and exist in this world and be seen is not a debate. You know, a person's right to vote being taken away by all different factors that we've talked about here on this podcast ourselves. When you want to, to, to silence that vote, that's not a debate that we can walk away from. And I go, okay, that's some good points. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they shouldn't be voting. Yeah. Like, no, that like, no, or, you know, the, the right to love and marry whomever you want. That's not a debate. The right to be able to take care of your body and your health is not a debate. It's just a fact to, mm -hmm. to me. Right now there are nuances in some of those things that we could certainly debate, I suppose. Right. And discuss and sure, you know, policy and that kind of stuff. But I, I feel like, and I don't know if that's maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Why are we, I don't know. I don't know why we're at that point. Like, if I have a friend who says to me, you know, like if we're talking about like, let's say, you know, the black lives matter movement, right. I say, look, I just want you to say, to at least admit the baseline of that humans who have more melanin are no less humans than anybody who has white skin, black lives have to at least matter before we can even talk about equity. That's at least matter. And right now they don't feel like they, they matter as a community for the most part, because of all these things. And if you just kind of brush it off and be like, Nope, blue lives matter. And I'm not gonna listen to you or all, all lives matter. And I'm not gonna listen to you. Like we're going to have a, yeah, no one's saying that all lives don't matter. What we're saying what? is that when we look at the word all, let's look at what's included, like who is included in that. That's... And can we admit that if you're saying all lives matter, that you also mean that black lives matter in a, in a manner that is the same. Right. Let's define what matter means also then, right? Like 
We had to say. Yeah, that's what we're fucking trying to say. <laughs> right. That's yeah. I knew I'd pick a good subject for you. Um. So that like that's to walk away from that conversation with a friend, and still be friends. I I I don't know how to do that right now. Can can we even will, look at these six steps and say, yep, we can debate them, and still walk away feeling these things? I don't know. I don't know. It it honestly depends on the topic because if someone were to come to me and uh, tell me in reaction to the idea that a a black life matters, that their their immediate reaction is, well, all lives matter. And if I push back and say, yep, correct. So will you agree with me then that all does include black lives? So then also black lives matter. If they're not willing to say, yeah, no, you're correct then, black lives do matter, then that's not an energy I'm looking to take into, like an energy of a friendship I'm looking to take into 2022. Yeah. Just because, like, I'm very busy and I don't have time to tell this person that they're racist, you know? <laughs> right. They know. Yeah. <laughs> they seem pretty comfortable with it. They're fine with it. But then that makes me sad because I feel like I'm losing people in my life that have been good people that I want to be able to have spirited discussions with and walk away mm -hmm. feeling like, oh, you did listen to me and I listened to you and we can agree that we need to move forward with a certain, you know, respect for humanity and blah, blah, blah. I just, I just don't know that. I, I, yeah. So all that to say, if you want to have those talks with your friends, I've got this resource with some ideas on how to do it. You want to, you want to unpack these with me? Yeah. See if this might work. To. Sure. Yeah. Let's see what we can, let's see how we can fix the world today. I know. I know we can, at least I can anyway. So the first thing that Kim says is to keep the debate focused on ideas, not egos. Wait, hang on. Kim from this art, the first thing this article says, like, we'll, we'll link okay. to the article. I feel like it's going to be a little bit confusing for listeners. Okay. I don't, the author, this is the author. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So the author who happens to be Kim Scott, but the author says, keep debating focused on ideas, not egos. It's like, that sounds good. By the way, I do mm -hmm. love her whole idea of radical candor. It's not about being what some people call brutally honest. Not the same thing. <laughs> I hate the brutal. Like, the, you got to be brutal, really? <laughs> I know. But I'm going to break you down with this honesty. <laughs> right. But the idea of radical candor about being able to discuss ideas and not get the ego in the way and just be honest. Like, you can have emotions. We all have emotions. We'll name those and, and whatever. And like, so while I haven't read her book, I've heard her on podcasts. Other people have quoted the book. So I've got a small understanding of it. Anyway, so focus on ideas, not egos. What does that mean to you? I think it's focus on the topic at hand, right? Yeah. Today, you and I are going to talk about voting rights, a voter ID. Not going to talk about your feelings on voter ID. We're not going to talk about my feelings on voter ID. We're going to talk about the facts of voter IDs. I like that. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. She also says, you know, on a broad level, um, nothing is a bigger time sucker or blocker to getting it right than ego. On a broad level, this means intervening when you start to sense that people are thinking, I'm going to win this argument or my idea versus your idea, which is what you just said. So I like that. Yeah. It's yeah. me versus you rather than just discussing the, the, the facts. Yeah. The second one is create an obligation to dissent. Oh, I like that. Why do you like that? What does that mean to you? 
Oh, it just reminds me of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her fancy descent collar. And I like that. Oh, you know what? It's funny. It's like, uh, honestly, to the left of me is my cal- my Ruth Bader Ginsburg calendar has her with her descent collar on. Nice. <laughs> so that's what it makes me think of. I'm never not fully Kim Moffat, you know? That's true. That's true. <laughs> you are a character. Else, unfortunately. Yeah, I really am. Um, the uh, create an obligation to, to dissent is so interesting. Can you read more about that? Because so, immediately what it makes me think of is that you're, we're going to start like your obligation is to push back and tell the other person they're wrong, which is not what this article is trying to say. And that's not what the, the idea of a dissent is. But I would like to hear more about this. So she talks about her time at uh, McKinsey, where she interned for a summer. And what impressed her most about the company was its ability to spur productive debates because they had very consciously created an obligation to dissent. She said that if everyone around the table agreed, it was a red flag. So there was this whole idea that if we all agree, somebody has to dissent. And so it makes me think of the term, which I hate, devil's advocate. Yeah. So I don't like that term because he doesn't need another advocate. <laughs> like if, he, he if he's like bad- He seems like team good. is doing just fine. Right? Um, <laughs> But what I do like, though, is that like, okay, we have to be able to, to dissent and we have to have that an obligation and permission to say, hold on, hold on. If all this makes sense and we're agreeing, what about X, Y, Z? And so that's what that means to me, which is cool. Another one is pause for emotion or exhaustion. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty vital. Which I guess, you know, there again, if you're in a discussion with somebody and you're, you're having a spirited discussion and you know, you recognize these things, you go, okay, hold on. Do I really want to beat them into submission or do I want to be able to walk away from this with a relationship? We got to have time for, for this. And so we can say, you know what, let's pause. We'll call a break. We'll come back next week or whatever. Like, let's just put this aside for now. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think, um, I, it's important to remember that if you're having a kind of heavy, big picture conversation, um, okay, so let's talk, let's continue to use the idea of a voter ID, right? That's going to stretch out into ideas of the way that we have treated people of color in this country, the way that we have treated women in this country. And those, so maybe a voter ID seems like a simple conversation to be having, and then suddenly you're talking about some bigger issues there. I think it's important to remember that that we all carry with us a little bit of trauma and a little right. bit of history and we all walk in this world in our own way and i think it's important to remember that you might be hitting on some things that to you because you've like stewed on this for a while and you've got your fact-based argument and you're ready to go but your friend maybe is thinking about things that they haven't thought about or is looking at things differently and that's going to take some time having yep. your your thought process change is a bigger deal than sometimes we even let ourselves remember. And yeah, I think recognizing some cues with your friends, hey, maybe we can come back to this another mm-hmm. time, the next time we hike or the next time we're out for a drive and it's just the two of us, we're having dinner or whatever, and we can come back to this a little bit later so that we're not, you know, hot headed. Right. If you're out with a friend on a drive, why are you having dinner? You should just be driving. Ugh. 
Maybe you're driving to dinner. Maybe you went through a drive-thru. In and out, when you go to the drive-thru, they give you the little boxes. They say, are you going to eat in your car? And you say, yeah, I'm at a drive-thru. I'm going to eat in the car, obviously. Sometimes this you take the drive-thru home. making it into my home. <laughs> sure. No, it's not. The, my house will never know that I ate this. Maybe you <laughs> go to a park. The sadness. And eat at the table. Picnic table. Uh, so what are the, what are the yeah. points that we use very well is use humor and have fun. That's point number four. We use our own humor. And we have our own fun. Listeners, we're not sure if you like it or not, but we do. And that's fine. We do. Yeah. What, but the, what's interesting, though, is like, again, if you go back to some of these heavier debates, can you use humor? I Maybe. Yes, I think so. I, I, I think, well, I'm a deeply broken human that injects humor into literally everything because it takes away from the emotion. Um, it's, it's, so it's true. Important. It's true. You told jokes <laughs> in your grandpa's eulogy, I think. Um, I absolutely did. And I played <laughs> to the audience. I had a, help, a hold for jokes, hold for yes. laughter moment. Yes, you <laughs> Listen, did. Yeah, every audience, every group of people is an audience, you know? Yes. Yes, I do know. Um, Actually, I do know because I'm going to interrupt because I do. Because this this week at work, I had a, a, a client call where it's usually like one or two, maybe three people. There were 10. And I was like, oh, I have an oh, audience no. now, baby. So, yes, I know. <laughs> anyway. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I was um, on. I, I think using humor, I recognize that not everybody um, goes to humor first as a healing device, um, but using like any type of way to like lighten the moment. Because at th listen, I, I asked you at the beginning of this, are you having a conversation? Or are you having a debate? Unless you are literally on a stage with two podiums and a moderator, you're not actually having a debate. You are having a conversation. You can debate mm -hmm. in your conversation. So I think it's important to remember when you're having a debate-like conversation <laughs> that you can take a moment, bring in a little bit of levity, however that is, um, even if it's just you guys are driving, it's getting a little heated, and then you see a puppy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like bring in a little bit of something mm -hmm. just so that you can, cooler heads can prevail for a moment. Yeah. So what I hear you say is um, if you're discussing something, you know, like um, – race you should make a really uh, a racial joke no I'm no kidding. what i'm, I'm kidding. telling you is okay. that if you see a puppy it's important to call out puppies and say that's a very good boy okay <laughs> much better is. much better yeah because like i because i mean in all, in all honesty i i wonder sometimes you know i'm the same way you are i'm broken deeply broken and yeah. love to use humor in really bad situations um sure. laugh or cry your choice uh <laughs> but but also I recognize that there are times when I do try humor and it does not go well. I'm thinking of a time with your mom and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, that was not a good use of humor. I've done the same with my mom. <laughs> so yeah. Always, listen, it doesn't always go well. It's not her yeah. fault. It's our fault. <laughs> yeah. So, so be careful. Like if you're going to use humor or, or fun, obviously be careful, but, but yeah, try to let, I, I like that. Try to let cooler heads prevail and, and lighten it up a little bit. Cause I feel I like they also know your audience. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah, how, yeah, to what extent? Because I do feel like yeah. what we're talking about here is how to debate in, in, in the confines of a discussion without ostracizing. And if you're trying to do it without ostracizing or without turning someone off or without you know, killing the relationship, it's because you want to save the relationship. You want to be able to have these discussions with people. Yeah. 
And so being able to let cooler heads be like, okay, don't take myself too seriously. I guess maybe that's what it is for me. This point using humor and fun helps me to not take myself too seriously. Right. I'm not trying to like yeah. make fun of them, making fun of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, that's a pretty good point too, because <laughs> I'm such a monster. That's yes. a really good point, but I like that I made it so small. That's a pretty good point. <laughs> worst um no that's a really good point though because i think that you you do want to use humor not you specifically but you in the the uh universal the royal you (laughs) want to um, capital y um the democratic republic you wants to (laughs) use humor as a way to um to to be seen as like this is listen we're just having a conversation. We're talking about something super heavy and I get it. And like, it's pretty tense right now, but also I did sound stupid in that sentence because I used is instead of are. Let's all recognize that like, I don't know everything in this moment and let's get back into it. But also I did sound a little dumb just now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It just kind of, you know, bring it back to yourself and definitely don't make the other person feel like you're already in a situation where you are on opposing points. And so when you are telling them something, it can sound like to your audience, I know your audience, but it can sound like a lecture instead of a conversation. So be willing to remind yourself and them before you get too big headed and come off to them like a jerk that, uh, you know, you're also, this is just speaking for me, kind of a ding dong. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Um, another another point here. And in, in this point, as I'm, as I'm looking it over, this makes me think that she's also talking about, the author's also talking about debating in business in particular. But I think this can very much be put to use in personal conversations. Mm, I was just thinking about personal conversations. Yep. hundred, hundred percent. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because she says in this one, this point, number five is be clear when the debating will end. And she was on to say, um, one of the reasons people find debate stressful or annoying is that half the room expects a decision at the end of the meeting that the half wants to keep arguing in a follow-up meeting. One way to avoid this, to separate debate meetings and decision meetings. So like, mm-hmm. okay, yes. In business, that makes sense. But also, I think be clear when the debating will end is good for the, these personal discussions because, like, you can get into a, a spiral of just con- like constantly going yeah. and going and going. And be like, okay, can we stop? <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> so I feel like if we were like, hey, let's talk about this voter ID thing, right, and voting rights and, yeah. and everything. Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, this is gonna. This is gonna get intense. Let's give it thirty minutes, and that's it. And then we're gonna take a break. If we want to keep going, cool. Yeah. But like, so being clear about it could also help. Now, not every time yeah, you're going to have I think like that's really smart. Yeah. yeah sometimes well, they just, no, they just come up on like, accident and you're like, wait, we're debating. Okay. <laughs> but I think also, okay, let's, let's take it to um, friends because I, I work in a different field where we often don't have like, debate meetings and decision meetings and that kind of stuff. That's just not something in my industry. Other people make decisions and I just go, okay, I'll look up flights. <laughs> That's how my <laughs> decisions go. That's fair. So, so I look at this. Um, I really honestly hadn't even thought about this. I don't work in corporate, so I haven't really thought about this in like a business setting. I was just thinking about this amongst friends 
And specifically was thinking about having these conversations over dinner or on a hike or in a car or whatever. I think there are natural stopping points and natural ebbs and flows to your conversations with friends and family and all that kind of stuff. And I think you have to have the social awareness to recognize that or also just be like, oh, we're here. Do you want to... Like, you want to sit here and keep We're arguing good? or <laughs> yeah should we call it a wrap i'm clearly right in this decision like i'm right you've learned we're good should we get out of here you know what i mean bring I think it back to, to humor have... see <laughs> i think you have to have the social awareness to say it feels like this conversation is kind of wrapping up on its own are we good or on the other hand this conversation is not wrapping up and we're getting really twisted and turned so we should probably wrap this up in the next five minutes to at least just say we have a lot to talk about and I still appreciate you and, and like you or love you or whatever. Like we should keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last point in all of this is to uh, don't grab a decision just because debating has gotten painful. Mm. Go ahead. What I is like that? that a lot. Yeah. It made me think of our conversation about agree to disagree. Mm. I think just be willing to say, okay, so we're not going to agree. <laughs> Okay. So does yeah. that mean you that you can agree to disagree now? No. Uh-oh. It means that we can both agree that you're wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring humor into it. Fair. You got to end on a high. You got to end on a joke so that they mm -hmm. want to continue the friendship with mm -hmm. you. Because if they don't think you're funny, what purpose do you serve in their lives? You know? Or is that just me? Mm, it's just you. It's fine. Though. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. I, I think be... If, if you're willing to have an uncomfortable conversation with your friend that ends at a point where you're debating so heavily that now you're like, oh, is this done? Is this conversation done? Am I reevaluating our friendship? Like all of that, if, if that is how heavy this conversation has gotten, then you probably feel pretty strong in your convictions. So maybe don't just be willing to grab at whatever's in the air because you think that that is the same thing as like a rung on the ladder and you guys are going to be okay. We're holding on tight. We're, we're good. Be willing to say like, I, I still think X and I, you clearly are not moving from Y and that sucks because <laughs> we've had this like pretty passionate debate and it does suck for you and for me equally same opposite. It sucks that for you that I didn't change my mind and it sucks for me that you didn't, but I feel steadfast in this belief. This is a core tenet for me and I'm sorry, but I'm not going to change my mind. Voter IDs are not necessary. I'm not going to change my mind on that. Maybe we can just move past it. Maybe we can just come back and revisit this later, but I'm not going, I don't, because I'm not going to change my mind, I wish but don't expect anything different from you. So maybe we can talk about this later at a different time, but like, I'm not going to just, because I want this to be done, pretend like I feel differently than I do. That's, that's really good. I like how, you, 
I know. I shouldn't give you this compliment, but I'm going to. <laughs> Whoops. Oh. And also, uh, I'm going to give you a couple numbers that you need to call and apologize to really quick because I'm going to see other people today. And they need to know yes. that in the afternoon, someone agreed with me. So it's going to head into a, a rough evening uh, for them. We're going we're gonna to break those headphones here in a minute because you guys are going to get so big. <laughs> I really <laughs> like how you said, I'm not going to change my mind on this. So I shouldn't expect you to change your mind. So we're having a discussion here, to be able to explore ideas, but I shouldn't expect you to change your mind. Now, do I hope that I can change your mind? Yes. Do I hope that I can bring some, especially if I feel so passionate about something like, again, voting rights or other stuff, again, heavy things. I hope that I can bring some information to you and maybe sway you to think differently. Sure. But I shouldn't come in expecting to change you because again, that's me winning. And I'm going to come in. I'm going to win. I'm going to beat you into submission. Yeah. That's how I heard what you were saying. Is that I, I'm not going to change my mind. So I just didn't expect you to change yours. Now, do I hope you do? Sure. Do I hope I bring some information? Yes. Yeah. But I shouldn't expect to. That was really good. Thank you. I, I can only take partial credit. In this moment, because this person isn't here, I'll take all the credit. Exactly. But, that's what I that's uh, what I expect from you. I'm surprised you, you even said like partial it. to begin with. <laughs> well, um, are they going to listen I, to this and maybe call you out? No, like, they're not. That was they're my... not listening. Okay. I wish they would, though. Okay. And actually, I don't know who to really fully credit for this, but I think it's Stephen Colbert, hmm. one of the late night hosts. After in 2016, after Trump was elected. And they still had to go on the air because, um, you know, elections happen on Tuesdays. <laughs> so unfortunately, all of our late night hosts still have to go on the air. He he was kind of, we all knew at this point when he was recording kind of what the evening was going to look like. And he said um, the best. I don't know if it's the best, but the, the advice that I need or the thing that I needed to hear the most in that night, which is that um, the fear that he feels in this moment, knowing that Trump is about to become president of the United States, that is a real fear. That is a visceral fear. Nobody can change how he feels. So if he has to recognize that this fear is real, or if he's recognizing that this fear is real, that means that he also has to recognize the fear that people have felt for the last eight years, even though he disagrees with them, that fear is real as well. Because your personal feelings and your personal fear cannot be the real thing while somebody else's personal, because it's feelings, right? So somebody else's personal fear or happiness or whatever, if yours is real, then what makes yours any different than theirs, even though you disagree with them? You can disagree on facts and all that, but the feelings of it, that, that is yours. So then, and it's real to you. Why can't it be real to them regardless? of how, what you think about it. Yep. I don't know if you saw my face. The listeners didn't see my face. Uh, I saw your face. You were listening. You're, you weren't listening. You were sleeping. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird. When you say the fear they had for eight years, my first thought is why? Cause he was a black president, but yes. I mean, that's, I mean, yes. Also because so many people have a fear of the Democrat um, mm-hmm. platform. The idea that President Obama was a Muslim socialist, like this irrational fear of bullshit, but it was a real fear. And so, okay, I will, I will give you that. Those who fear because he's a black man in charge, don't be an asshole. 
even if it is real, like just, I, I can't, yeah. I can't. That's a, like, no, it's not. <laughs> if your fear of somebody is based on race or gender or gender identity or sexual orientation, any of that, like you, that I, uh, yeah. you're wrong. Like, I don't know what to tell you, yeah. but the feelings are real. And it's, so when you go to have these debating conversations, it's, a, I think it's important to recognize like, okay, this is a fear-based feeling. So what is at the core of it? What can we do to like, kind of change your feeling, your current feelings on it? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like something is about to be taken away from you? Do you feel like something is about to hurt you? You know, what, what is it that is making you afraid? Okay, let's go from there. What and are we I, supposed to do with the with people that are afraid that were afraid for the last eight years simply because our president is black? Ignore them? No, that's how we get to January sixth. They need yeah. to reckon like accept that. Also, no, because their fear is based on nothing. Uh, in theory, is based on nothing. But like, let's get to the core of it. What are you really afraid of? Let's you know dive in and see if we can do some make some headway here. Because right. we can't write somebody off because, again, that's how we get to January 6th. It's so hard, though, because in that particular case, having that debating conversation, that fear is irrational. It's emotional. And how do you bring them back from that with respect and love and, and grace? You can't do it with facts because they'd say, OK, well, I'm fearful that this you know, this person of this race is going to do this to me. And you're like, well, no, they're like, that's not, that's nowhere in their platform. Here's the thing. And they're like, well, but I heard that blah, blah, blah. Or, well, because if it's, you know, again, President Obama, uh, a, a black American, well, he's just going to want to take away all my rights as a white person and put us in slavery. Well, no, why, why would you even think that? Well, because that's just what's going to happen. I just know it, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But that's not part of any kind of platform. It's also yeah. literally illegal. And, like all these things and, and they, and, but like that irrational fear. And especially I feel like in 2022 and the last couple of years of conspiracy, conspiracy theories and crazy Q quackers, it's no longer Quakers. It's quackers. Uh, I don't know. I made that They're up. Different. I want to be so, so clear that a Quaker would never, a Quaker would freaking never be a part of, right. a part of Q, right. QAnon. Right. Unless they were not a Quaker anymore. They would never, they would never. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, like, it's like, how I don't know. I don't know how you then go back from that, but I, I love what you said about it. I I'm going to have to go back and listen to the episode just to keep like, that'll be a first we got him <laughs> just to keep thinking about it. Because I think that, cause so like, here's one of my three words this year is grace for myself and others. Cause I found myself last year getting really, really tied up in the emotions, especially anger of people who I feel aren't looking at other humans with the lens of love, whether that's voting rights, whether that's um, equality in, in relationships, whether that's gender identity, whatever that looks like, I felt like you're not looking at them as, as, as humans. And I am just going to be angry at you and I'm going to cut you out of my fucking life. I'm done with you. And sometimes you do that and that's okay. Sure. But also, I don't want to spend the whole year angry. So I'm going to try to offer grace to others. And I feel like that's kind of what 
uh, for me, that's what I, that's what I take from what you were saying. You may not have been saying that necessarily for everybody, but what I hear from you is offer them grace of like, yeah, your, your emotions are real. Are they rational? Maybe, but I'm not going to call them irrational, <laughs> but are your emotions real? Yeah. Okay. I recognize that. Tell me more about that. Oh, you fear yeah. that. Why do you fear that? Oh, that must be really hard and offering empathy and grace. So that's what I take away from that. I don't want to be really clear. It's not easy. It is marginally easier for me because um, as much as we joke here about me not having emotions, I do have some emotions, but they are very um, tucked in. (laughs) They've already gone to bed. They're snug as a bug in a rug. So it is a little bit easier for me to um, particularly to say and also to do the like, what are your emotions? Okay, let's not eh, but um maybe we can get to some fact conversation about this i think um, it sounds like you need to go to betterhelp.com oh and, big time get some help i've done so much therapy i'm actually fine I've, i think you need some more that's where i think this sounds like you need by the way betterhelp.com you are welcome to sponsor this this show <laughs> for kim's benefit <laughs> sponsor all my shows to help out every single co-host yes yes Um, no no um i recognize that for some people it's a little bit easier and for some people it's a little bit harder to um move past like someone else's emotions and and hear and be a sounding board for but not reactionary to somebody else's emotions that feel diametrically opposed to your own yep oh this is good so good um I what I pulled up as we were getting ready to talk about this episode is um, the mailer that we're going to send to people for We're the People, the how to talk to your friends about voting and still say friends. I love that. So we have five steps on there about, you know, how to have a conversation. And it I, I tried to create this thing that goes just beyond voting and have a conversation similar to what we were talking about, where it's you both feel opposite, but you want to walk away holding on to the relationship. And the first thing that I wrote is that um, to stay calm and remember that first and foremost, this is someone that you respect and whose relationship is crucial to you. So if you need, hit pause, revisit when you're both ready. And I think that that is something to, to bring up today also. It's like, it's not about quote unquote winning the conversation, right? If this is somebody that you love and respect and you you want to give some of your time to and also some of your heart to be willing to say like hey this is maybe we can talk about this later maybe we can just hit pause and go to dinner and like come back to this at a different time yeah we don't have to solve this today so i think we should link to that resource by the way in this episode show notes because there's it's not just to like I love that it's how to talk to your friends about voting and still stay friends. That's great, but it's more than just voting. Cause your other point, your point number mm-hmm. two on that list is keep it personal, but don't make it personal. And so yeah. in a similar way, we said earlier about like, they have their feelings. So, or I have my feelings and they're real. So they should have their feelings. It's the same kind of thing, different, but like same, keep it personal. Same opposite. Same opposite. You know, don't talk about the big picture. What does your friend care about and how will voting affect that? Same thing in this thing is like, make it personal. I mean, mm-hmm. keep it personal, tell personal stories. This is how, what I've seen. This is what I, you know, what I have experienced, but don't make it personal. Well, well, you're an idiot for blah, 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 or whatever. Like don't get personal with them. Yeah. 
but keeping it personal. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I like those. Your your five points on those are really good, even for like not just voting. So I think we'll if you like those, uh, look it up in the show notes because it's good stuff too. In addition to what um, Kim Scott put up in uh, Radical Candor. I think what we've landed on is just like Kim's. Kim's, Kim's have the answers. There you go. We're good. <laughs> um, so I think, so speaking of what we've landed, I think for me, what we've landed on is it, what I'm going to try to do. So if you're listening to this and you have something else, another idea, let us know. I'd love to know what you want to do. If I'm going to try to have conversations, tough conversations, including some, some debating discussions with people, I'm going to do a few things. I'm going to try to not take myself too seriously. I'm going to try to offer empathy and grace, keep it personal and don't make it personal. I'm going to um, listen and acknowledge the fact that they have feelings too, because I know that I do. It's the hardest one. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and it's, it's going to be hard sometimes. And, there, and, there, and, and I'm just going to recognize there will be discussions where the, I may walk away saying, are we friends or do I, or is this somebody that I just know that we used to be, that, that I just have known for a long time? Yeah. Because maybe their values don't align with mine anymore. Maybe they never did. Maybe they used to, maybe they don't anymore. But right now, you know, if, if my maybe alphabetically, you guys just sat next to each other in school, right. Worked together for a short time. Like who knows? Um, but you know, if, if, if you're going to say that, um, a person's right to marry who they want to marry, regardless of gender identity or sexual orientation, isn't the same as yours in a heteronormative monogamous relationship and that they're, they don't deserve the same rights as you. I can't agree with that. And if that's how you're going to love your neighbor, maybe we can't be friends. Maybe we used to just know each other. And I had to accept that because being a real, in my opinion, being a, a true love your neighbor kind of an ally means even if I don't understand, or totally agree with your lifestyle, you as a human in this world deserve every same right that I do. And I'm going to fight for that period. Yeah. And so there may be times when you just walk away from somebody like that and that's okay too, I guess it's hard. Maybe they've been your friends for a very long time. Maybe they got you through some tough periods or maybe they were there for you and nobody else was, but we all evolve and, and grow and some of us grow in different ways and find somebody else who can be there for you or that you can be there for maybe, maybe that's the thing. Season, reason, lifetime, you know, I love that. And humor, make jokes about yourself, not them. Kim. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm listen, but, I'm excellent at making jokes about myself. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> then why do I always feel bad about myself when I walk away well, from those debates? Uh, so mean. You know, you read into it what you need. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That was good. That was yeah, really good. That was great. Thank you. I was, uh, I was excellent in this episode. You were really good in this episode. For, I mean, there again, <laughs> every once in a while that happens. I'm surprised, but pleasantly. Clocks, season, race, and lifetime. Other <laughs> things to say. <laughs> Other cliches. I can't. Peas and carrots. <laughs> so uh, if you have takeaways, what, what's your takeaway from it all, Kim? I'll tell you my takeaway, Dan. Um, one, make fun of myself more. Two, don't go to therapy. Three, if you're listening to this on the day it came out, there are 271 days to the midterm elections. Please, please, please go vote. It's okay if you haven't listened to it on the day it came out. It just means there's less time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what are your takeaways? It wasn't what are even your basic takeaways. It wasn't even time for that yet. <laughs> I want to know your takeaway, not your 
Okay, Twitter yeah, handle. I'll give it to you again. No, that's fine. No, don't. Uh, don't no, no, no. Oh, my don't give it to me again. Uh, this is perfect. <laughs> this is this is you and the, and my the listeners. Are, be on your own timeline. Do what you want. Don't worry about what that's your right. podcast 100%. partner is looking for. Hundred <laughs> percent. That was good. Yeah. yeah. So, how many days until the uh, midterm election again? If you're listening to this on the day it came out, 271. Less to go vote. Less for the primaries. Less if you're not listening to this on the day it came out. And that's fine. That's fine. I don't get it, but it's fine. If you're not listening to this on the day Thursday. As soon as morning, that popped up not... in your podcast player of choice, you listen right now. Yeah. Uh, vote, man. Come on. Come on, humans. Go vote. Yeah. Um, the neat thing about voting, to tie it back to this uh, episode, is that nobody knows how you did. <laughs> Just vote on your own. Yeah. Yep. Nobody sees it. Yep. Yeah. And. That's how you can really put your debates to work. Mm-hmm. Vote how you want things to happen. If you want certain, you know, support for police, vote for this kind of prosecutor. You want support for the citizens, vote for that kind of prosecutor, whatever. Like vote how you want to debate. So there you go. So what are your takeaways? What do you think about this debating? Really, my takeaways are to listen, to go into it with the idea of a conversation not a, I'm going to change your mind. Hmm. You know, even if that is what you want to do, even if you're not, you're not arguing about something like um, taxes, you're arguing about a, a pretty basic idea, like the idea that black lives matter. That's not a debate. That's just a fact. And if you're, you know, still go into it with this is conversational and you know, I want to learn what my friend has to say and Mm. use it against them. (laughs) That was creepy. Well done. Thank you. And if you're listening, what are your takeaways? How are you going to debate and converse and have difficult discussions with those in your life without ostracizing? Uh, Head us up on Twitter at my America pod on Instagram, my America pod. I'm at Dan Moyle on the socials. That's at Kim Moffat on the socials. You're on that that talk that, thing, right? You're on that that talk that, thing, right? I'm a human being. I'm a human being. That's at Kim Moffat, and yeah, I'm on that talk. I'm talking ticks over at Kim Moffat is here. Where is Kim Moffat? Kim Moffat is here. Did I call you with that? I apologize. <laughs> yeah, you looked. You pointed and said that's on social media at Kim Moffat. <laughs> and then sorry. you added blech. <laughs> I, no, I'm not sorry for that, <laughs> but I'm sorry for calling you that. Um, yes, Kim, that care. that handle is Kim Moffat. Um, all right. And so, yeah, if you've got ideas to, yeah, questions you want to ask privately, uh, myamericapod at gmail.com and, and we're there as well. So, uh, Kim, Dan, I'm so glad I got to be right in this debate. I'm going to cut out part of that and then change it to Kim. I'm so glad I got to be here and listen to you. <laughs> you probably will. And I won't know because I don't listen to our podcast, so it's fine. Although this Great. one I'm going to listen to because there were a couple of good points from from me uh, to make sure I listen to again. For you to listen to, yeah. Listen to you again, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Hey, we appreciate you listeners. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, leave us that rating uh, on your podcast player of choice, especially Apple Podcasts because, you know, everybody's on Apple. So there you go. $3 trillion company. <laughs> Congratulations. And with that, we're out. Finally. My America is a production of the Storytellers Network. This show is written and produced by Kim Moffat and Dan Moyle. 
Kim takes care of editing and graphics while Dan helps with episode production on the web. Both Dan and Kim run social media. For more information on the show, including past episodes, visit thestorytellersnetwork.com slash myamerica. Great job, Dan.